Thank you. Morning, everyone. Good morning. Nice to be with you again. It's our last uh, session here in uh, Raleigh, Durham, Hillsboro area for the next few months. But um, it's been nice to be here with you. Typically, uh, what I have been doing over the years uh, in terms of these uh, visits to this area for a weekend is to speak for a couple of nights on a particular subject and leave the last day open for questions. So I would like to do that today. And I would like to do something a little different first in that regard, and that is to give any uh, children or younger people here the opportunity to ask any questions. Any of you have any questions? Under 30? No. <laughs> Under 18. 17 or, or less. Anything you've been thinking about, wondering about, that your parents just didn't quite answer well enough for you. Any contradictions in your parents' behavior and what they, <laughs> what they teach. <laughs> we'll be reckoned with later. <laughs> you don't have to have a question, so I'm not trying to intimidate you in any way, but I just want to... Yes? How to be Krishna conscious in traumatic situations. How to be Krishna conscious in traumatic situations. Well, that's... Interesting question. In the larger sense, of course, the material world is a traumatic situation because uh, we are all faced with the uh, the, uh, the march of uh, of time and uh, the inevitable demise of our um, sense of self, derived as it is from our biological and psychological uh, reality. That's a pretty complex answer so far. <laughs> I realize that. <laughs> but that's, a, that's my problem. <laughs> um, but um, besides the fact that the, the world itself is a traumatic experience, um, which it is, you understand my point? I mean, we live in a world where trauma is more the norm than not. Hmm? Um, it can happen at any moment. Right, some traumatic situations. Some situations are more traumatic than others, and those are the ones you're referring to. But at the same time, in a larger sense, what could be more traumatic than the overriding fact that, with the rising and the setting of every sun, your life, as you know it, is being taken away? That's pretty traumatic, right? If I was to tell you that the sun is burning out, that would be pretty traumatic for the world. Well, it is, is my point. <laughs> so there's a huge trauma, if you will, that the material existence constitutes. But within that, and forgetting sometimes about that bigger picture, which is very traumatic, and if we would just really think about it, it would give us so much impetus to apply ourselves in terms of a solution, a comprehensive solution to the problem, but because we're not able to always think about the problem in the bigger sense in which I'm talking about it, um, we think that our life is okay at times, and at other times it's traumatic. Hmm. 
in the bigger sense, it's not okay at any time. You understand? And if we could gravitate towards that picture, that's why we talk about it like that. Um, so, because if we can gravitate towards that, we can get a lot of impetus to apply ourselves in a singular way to make a solution to all the problems. Let us say you have a disease and and I treat, treat only the symptoms of the disease without treating the disease. That's not a good solution, right? Follow what I'm saying? So... Material life is kind of a kind of a disease in a, in a sense. It's a problem we've identified with, with something that's that's uh, not real, doesn't last, and we last, and we're real. So that's a big problem, <laughs> and uh, we need to treat that. Uh, if we understand that, we'll have the enthusiasm and impetus to treat the disease rather than just treat the symptoms, which could be one thing or, or, or another and could be called, as you are referring to them, as traumatic circumstances. So you understand all that. I realize that. In your, but, uh, it, it, but still, to go further, even knowing that and even, for the most part, trying to focus one's attention on a comprehensive solution by chanting and reading and associating and so forth. Still, even in the context of trying to do that, there are traumatic situations that that make it difficult. In the home life, in the family life, things can happen. Dad can lose his job. Right? It happens. <laughs> and uh, parents don't always get along as well as, 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 as we would like them to. And things like this happen. And it's traumatic. And then there's in school, things happen to you, you know. Um, people treat us in different ways that always aren't, aren't always kind. And, and sometimes teachers don't understand our answer. It was really right. <laughs> um, I was traumatized once by answering a question in school that uh, when I was young, the question was multiple choice. It sticks out in my mind, which was what... Is the you know something like what was a among these objects which one should you not stick in your ear? So <laughs> it, you know was and among among them there were four of them and two of them were finger and um, elbow. And it, so nothing smaller than your el- I put elbow. You shouldn't stick anything smaller than your elbow in your ear because I had heard my mother say that, you know, but it was it was a wrong answer according to the teacher. So I was traumatized by that. Well. My whole life I've been carrying it around, as you can see. So, at any rate, <laughs> hey, we all experience, uh, you know, traumatic circumstances. I understand that uh, within, the, within the larger picture, which is a trauma. And even when we're trying to apply ourselves in Krishna consciousness, so how do we deal with it? We have good examples of that. In the scriptures, um, one of the most uh, prominent examples is Arjun in the Bhagavad Gita, which you're familiar with, right? He was faced with a huge trauma, right? He had to fight a battle, and the enemies were his own relatives. Very traumatic experience. How did he? Um, how did he deal with it? Of course, he he rose to the occasion, and he, ultimately he took shelter of Krishna, but. 
but how could he, how could, uh, uh, so, uh, you know, what I'm saying in one sense is more Krishna consciousness is a solution to less Krishna consciousness. Um, the, 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 you take the, uh, you have to take the traumatic situations and turn them around. There's a way to turn lemons into lemonade, they say, um, by adding a little sugar. So, but by looking at the by looking at the traumatic situations, kind of philosophically, and thinking this is the way the world works, this happens all the time. It should give us impetus. You understand my impetus? It, it should. It should. Um, how would how would you define impetus? Yeah, so motivation, motivation. So if, if, when we experience moti- traumatic situations, it should give us motivation for applying ourselves in Krishna consciousness, hmm? because that being the overall solution to uh, traumatic situations. But anyway, otherwise, it's hard. Um, um, and uh, Prabhupada answered this question once too, and Rupa Goswami has as well. Hmm? In a broader sense, uh, when uh, in Narada Muni said somehow or other, hmm, how do we think of Krishna in traumatic situations? This is kind of your question, right? Somehow or other, hmm, um, you, you 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 make a make an effort. The beautiful thing, in one sense, about Krishna consciousness is the effort really counts a lot more than the act itself. Hmm? Even if the act itself is lacking, but the but the Motive, but the but the, but the intention is there. You'll get credit for the intention, so to speak, uh, and benefit from the intention, even if the act itself is 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 uh, is flawed in some way. But all I can say to you I mean, is 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 uh, yes. I mean uh, another another uh, answer. Um, uh, when Arjun was told by Krishna about yoga and how it works and you got it's about controlling the mind and so forth Arjun said oh, you know that's kind of hard to control the mind and he said it's like trying to control uh, you know the wind how do you control a hurricane you kind of got to get out of the way right you kind of got to hunker down and hope it goes over and and so forth um, and so when Arjun said, I don't know if I can practice this yoga because it's like hard. It's like hard to like, capture the mind, like trying to control the wind. Krishna didn't say, oh no, it's okay, it's easy. He said, yeah, I agree with you, it is hard. <laughs> he said, but if you practice hmm, and with detachment and practice, it is possible over time. So um, uh, with time we'll become stronger and trying and traumatic circumstances should serve to help us in an overall accumulative sense as we go forward hmm? we can get strength from traumatic experiences in the past to deal with them as they come in the future Um, so it's a given that there will be obstacles there will be problems there are problems that come from your own body and mind there are problems that come from other people's bodies and minds. There are problems that come from nature. It's too hot to chant, huh? right? Something like that. <laughs> um, so that that that's uh, that's uh, 
a given, and there's no like silver bullet how to just change that, um, so to speak. But uh, I think that to know that, to expect that, just to, rather than be taken off guard by traumatic circumstances, to to be prepared and know that there are traumatic experiences. I've had them as a child. Traumatic experiences that may affect you as a child may be the same traumatic experience that affects your father, who's an adult, the same one. So you can expect that there will be more of them in your life going forward, and that's just part of the territory of material existence. And um, at least you know with the Krishna consciousness, philosophically, you have a comprehensive solution to all of them, although it will take time to bring it about. But as much as we fail to be Krishna conscious, so to speak, in a traumatic situation, is only as much as we didn't try to become Krishna, be Krishna conscious in that situation. Do you understand my point? Hmm? So trying, try, try again. As they say, if, you, if at first you don't succeed, try, try again. It's an old English saying. Hmm? And the effort itself is really what Krishna consciousness is about, especially in this in the stage of of practice of sadhana, making the effort, however imperfectly executed. Krishna is said to accept the effort, hmm? the, the intention. Hmm? Um, so, uh, does that help? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, good. Anything else? Another question. How old are you? <laughs> uh, never mind. Yeah, you know, you can. Go ahead. So I just want you to repeat something that you said. So you said, as much as we didn't try, we failed? Cause I was as much as you try, you failed. You, you, you succeeded, I said. You succeeded by trying. Yeah, in other words, as much as you try to be Krishna conscious in a traumatic situation is as much as you've succeeded. Hmm? Okay. You, 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 it's not that the that you're going to prevail in some way and the traumatic situation is going to evaporate necessarily. But um, anyway, as much as you try, you've, you've succeeded. And Along, if I will, if I may, along the same lines, uh, uh, I, uh, I think Prabhupada was asked something like um, that also, and with regard to the Bhagavad Gita and Arjun, um, Prabhupada said, it's not that Krishna was, it's not that Arjun was thinking, meditating on Krishna during the battle. He was meditating on doing the battle, which is what Krishna told him to do. Hmm? <laughs> you understand so it's one thing to contemplative life meditation another thing if you're in an active stage of Krishna consciousness then you can focus on the things that you're supposed to be doing and that constitutes Krishna consciousness you understand mm -hmm. you don't have to think 
somebody is now about to rob my house. I better be thinking of Krishna. You better just, you know, deal with the situation. Be attentive, you know. So a little mindfulness, perhaps, we should factor into the the equation. Chop wood and carry water, right? And that's a good point, actually, because we try to think of Krishna, but actually thinking of Krishna, meditating on Krishna, inner life, that's just, this is, is accomplished in time as, in, in a, as a stage of our progress. And prior to that, it's um, what we may think of, think is thinking of Krishna may not be at all. I've told a story before that when I was young in uh, Los Angeles, Prabhupada had a temple, in Vaikuntha, uh, and uh, Los Angeles, and uh, I told that story the other night, right? And there was a guy who used to come to the temple, and um, he heard that the teachings were that you should always remember Krishna. So he had a little flute, and and he played it like this kind of a flute, so not this kind, I don't know, anyway, some kind of a recorder, recorder yeah. And he put a picture on the end of it like this with Krishna and he would walk around like this all day long thinking of Krishna and whenever we asked him to do anything he'd say I'm thinking of Krishna Hmm? so he was meditating only on Krishna well he used to walk around the block circumambulate the temple and as I say the the orbit of his circumambulation got bigger and bigger and bigger and he's out there somewhere <laughs> yeah but he's not in Krishna's temple is the point so thinking of Krishna uh, you know is is uh, there, there there's there's a little more to it than it's not just a mental exercise to always think of Krishna become my devotee pay your obeisance to me he says uh, and so forth and there's there's many things that we can do that constitute Krishna consciousness aside from being able to meditate on Krishna at every moment. And if we take, uh, um, um, embrace those those things, it will foster actual meditation in due course. Hmm? So to pay attention to the service. If your service is to cook the feast, then pay attention to cooking the feast. You don't have to worry. Oh, I forgot about Krishna. I was cooking. You, who are you cooking it for? You know. So do the cooking right. Uh, so anyway, that help. Yeah, more. Anyway, what else? Another question. Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay, let's go with that first. We'll, we'll come back. So, um, this could be resented, but... No, I don't think so. so, coming from my experience also, there seems to be both um, a benefit from being born in a devotee mm-hmm. family and also a benefit from converting. Like I, I had a wonderful conversation with Amala Bhakti on the way here, and she was telling me about the first time she got a Bhagavad Gita. And so there seems to be benefits to both, and I'm wondering how the, our teenage year, the teenage years are kind of a year, years for differentiating from your parents and kind of deciding your own individuality 
So I'm wondering how uh, to encourage the feeling of that this is like a spiritual path rather than just like a religion that your parents or that you grew up in, kind of almost like you know people that go to church. It's mm-hmm. it's like a Mm-hmm. Lifestyle, yeah, more like a lifestyle and habit rather than an actual spirit, like active spiritual path. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I think I understand your dilemma of sorts, um, and. I think uh, overall that um, from a parent's point of view, which is what you're speaking from and in one sense, and wanting to um, see your uh, children as they start to develop a sense of ind- identity independent of um, their parents of, in a, you know, to an extent that they um, um, don't look at Krishna consciousness or Gaudiya Vaishnavism as part of the whole parental thing and a belief system of my parents that that uh, doesn't work for me, and but rather see it as a convert does, who's out there looking for get, getting away from his parents' Christian fundamentalism, right, and uh, and then choosing Gaudiya Vaishnavism as a, a spiritual path and being electrified by that, um, like Amal Amal Bhakti. Um, where is she? There she is. Uh, at her age. So uh, that's what you're asking about, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, I think that you know it's a, it's it's a, not a real um, kind of one solution fits all kind of answer. But in an overarching sense, the, probably the most important thing that you can do to as an adult and as a parent to address that concern is to is to consider how you yourself approach the tradition, and how you yourself uh, present it, and so forth. And as you know from me, I'm constantly trying to like uh, be non-dogmatic about it and look look at the whole tradition in a in a out of the box kind of way and deconstruct uh, often and distinguish between details and principles. And in the context of doing that. Um, identify the essential spiritual uh, current of Gaudiya Vaishnavism with the essential spiritual current in other traditions as well. Whereas our tradition may, in our conviction, uh, afford deeper penetration into transcendence. Anyone that affords penetration into transcendence, we have something in common with. Hmm. So, you know, I'm always... uh, um, trying to convert you <laughs> from your dogmatic upbringing <laughs> in Krishna consciousness. 
<laughs> right? Um, so, so, you know, good association like that obviously will, will help. That's why I encourage them to ask some questions of me. They will get often out-of-the-box answers, and, and I want them to know that they can ask questions of me. But, but you know, responsibility lies with you as well as a parent. So the way in, obviously, the way in which you carry it, think about it, practice it, and so forth is going to have an impact. Your parents practice it in a certain way, and you're practicing it, you know, a little differently, to be honest with you, conceptually, although you go through some of the same motions, and then not all of them. Um, and so um, I think that that's probably good. Um, um, in terms of what you want to accomplish, and 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 I think that you know you have to live your Gaudiya Vaishnavism as if it is your choice, and that it is it is a choice to make, and there's a good reason for the choice, but it's not something that somebody children have to do because if they don't. This, all these bad things are going to happen to them and, and so forth. Um, that's probably not, that kind of presentation is not a recipe for um, getting the desired uh, result. So it's really about presenting it kind of really as it is in an, an essential and substantial way. And also with some detachment, you have to also realize that your kids have their own trajectory and you are able to be an instrument through which a certain option is afforded them, and you're going to love them if they take it up or not, but um, you know they have to take it up, and as much as they don't take it up, and it's not a conversion type of experience or a well-thought-out one on their part, is as much as they haven't taken it up. So it doesn't matter in one sense whether you've never heard of it before and you are... Um, um, 70 years old and, uh, you know, you bump into it and get, uh, or 60. <laughs> I'm a, I think you're my age, so, uh, uh, you know, you, and you, you convert and it's fantastic. Uh, or, or um, it's maybe a milder conversion that a person who's brought up in a Krishna conscious family has to undergo, but they still have to undergo that thinking about it is this what does this mean you know i've heard this all my life you know and then you have to look at other alternatives and see what's out there and then bring up encourage an environment of questions and answers and possibilities and and you know i met this guy and he's a native american i think their spirituality is better than ours you go well that's cool let's talk you know what do they got to say you know maybe it is uh, uh, you know let's you know and and uh, you know just have that kind of um Create that kind of openness, if you will, that that um, that that has a kind of reverse effect of making it something a little more attractive and, and elusive. If it's just pushed down your throat, it's probably going to be regurgitated. Um, but if it's it's only available, you know, every now and then, you know, a little, a little bit here and there, you know, then maybe it's. There's something more to find out there, you know. There, there, there is always, but we may think we've, I've heard it all, I've, you know. So, something with the way you you personally live it, and of course, if they have good association, like you take Shamsaki, she's brought up in Krishna consciousness, right? But she had the good fortune of hearing from someone, and then she said, "I never heard it like that before. That was different, and that caused a conversion moment in her life, 
right? Mm -hmm. She's still working on it, but <laughs> by putting that into practice, but she got that kind of epiphany from good association. So your practice has to be also with that in mind, and we need good association. And what it means, it means association with persons will help me to think outside of the box and rethink and deconstruct what I am thinking about it, what I think it is, and whether that is it, and who keeps it alive and exciting for me and so forth. So that's a, that's a kind of a broad a general response to your question, not an answer, but a response. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. So, what else? We we can go older now. So you had a, yes, you had a question. Jeeva Goswami does. mindfulness on death issues. I mean, in all respect, I mean, we are becoming an older <coughs> generation family, and uh, I'm a rumor if it that it is as it that. Uh, Krishna consciousness tends to uh, set aside those that don't do for them anymore. So, so, uh huh. Uh -huh. You know, I think you know where I'm going with this, and, and I'm curious what and if there's anything in place in the, the latter years of a Krishna conscious individual, uh, and we can all say that we are, but it doesn't pay the rent. And a, and a lot of uh, uh, people that have done a lot for spreading Christian consciousness, I kicked to the curb from an older age, and, and I don't see that the, um, the movement is really kind of taking care of that, and I think they should. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that um, you're talking about two different but related things. You're talking about Krishna consciousness or Gaudiya Vaishnavism as a spiritual practice with a, 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 a worldview, and uh, a spiritual goal to attain, and then an institution that is formed to facilitate that. And, um, and the two are different and related at the same time. And so institutions are valuable in as much as they seek to take something like uh, a spiritual essence and make it available to people in ways that without institutionalizing it would not be. I've sometimes compared Chaitanya Mahaprabhu with the embodiment of ecstasy to a great waterfall that you could not take advantage of without the Goswamis having taken that waterfall and turned it into books, which would be compared to a lake now, that you can approach that same water and drink from, swim in, bathe in, and so forth. And that taking the ecstasy that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is and putting it into a philosophical uh, package, if you will, is a soft form of institutionalizing that essential spiritual current and then making it available. Now, if you go further with the institutionalization, you create a, an organization, hmm? for example, like Prabhupada created the International Society for Krishna Consciousness, like Bhakti Siddhanta Sarsitako created the Gaudiya, Gaudiya Mission. Mm -hmm. um, prior to that, we don't. I don't know of any m real uh, examples of a more like corporate uh, structure and institutionalized 
uh, framework within which to practice and take advantage and share Krishna consciousness. Of course, the whole corporate idea is a modern idea anyway. It's not that there were mega corporations in the time of the Goswamis or Vishwanath Chakrabarti Thakur and so on and so forth. Um, um, there's always the, the, the kind of institution of sadhu sangha. It's an institution within Krishna consciousness and, and basic principles. Associate with like-minded, affectionate devotees and, sh- and share your realizations and, your, and practice. Hmm? That's a, that itself is a powerful, powerful anga of bhakti. However much you want to take that, that and turn it into something um, more formal hmm, is another thing. And that's a modern experiment, if you will, that has benefits and it may have uh, a downside. And much as Bhakti Siddhanta Sarsitaka formed this uh, famous mission, Gaudiya Mahat, he also critiqued institutionalized uh, religion and the problems that go with it. So, you know, any effort for outreach may have a plus and it may have a minus and, uh, you know, that's be determined which is, uh, which one out in, in, in due course. So, um, um, is there anything inherent hmm, within uh, Krishna consciousness or Gaudiya Vaishnavism that uh, that uh, deals with uh, the issue that you're talking about uh, of someone getting older and being less useful in the practical sense and being marginalized as a result of it. That's what you're talking about. So is there anything, institutions aside, let's say, within Krishna consciousness that um, that would mandate against that and would uh, would characterize that um, issue, if it should arise, as being opposed to Krishna consciousness, hmm? that marginalizing. And of course there is. Um, uh, and uh, again, I um, uh, refer to the term um, sadhusanga, association, like-minded devotees uh, and affectionate devotees. Uh, how can there be a body of like-minded, affectionate devotees who aren't affectionate, you know, towards one another, and uh, and and that beyond whatever they can contribute at one stage in their life as opposed to another. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. Um, so you need, we need to to have to to resolve the issue that you're experiencing in relation to a particular institution. Let's say, I assume that uh, I mean uh, it's not my it's not my sect, if you will, that you're that's given you the problem. It's another sect of Gaudi Vaishnavism that's given you the problem. I, I know that one, but um, I haven't been a member for over thirty thirty five years or so. So, um, um, so it really is a Krishna conscious issue. I mean, like I say. 
if you if you run a, an institution which is formed for the sake of facilitating sadhusanga and and bringing together like-minded affectionate devotees and it's translating out into the effect that you're speaking of then there's something lacking in terms of what it's seeking to do and while it may be there as a structure and still around the 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 institution is now serving to be counterproductive in terms of what it's actually organized to do then you know maybe it's served its purpose and uh one should uh gravitate towards the principle and look within the text for that which which answers your question or is a solution to your problem and that is sadhusanga which can be found wherever it can be found we talked about it last night the young kumaris they went to the bank of the jamuna and they they didn't say what group are you in or what group are you in they were all like-minded people and they were affectionate towards one another and so um uh, i think that 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 as much as Gaudiya Vaishnavism is alive and well in the world that there such such sanghas can be found and we should we should look for them and not necessarily look for an institution that might be failing with regard to the issue you're speaking of as as the only solution that has to now be solved and we have to deal with them and, and, and you know that may be not possible um and uh it's the same thing with uh you know let's take another issue let's say you get initiated by somebody who proved not to be qualified hmm? so how do you deal with it you go find someone that's qualified you know and, and you know now this guy's not qualified and these are the symptoms and i i you know so i should avoid that so uh for example so uh a, a a bad example hmm, can only exist if there's something good that it is misrepresentative of right so we should try to bond together find a bond with uh, with other devotees who are like-minded and um who will find us to be uh, our our simply our interest in the subject to be useful hmm? That's all I'm looking for. Somebody likes to talk about these things, hmm? and then they have their own life. Whatever they're going to do with that, obviously, if they like to talk about these things, then they're going to apply whatever they do have as their resources, energy, and whatnot in 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 trying to um, express them or manifest uh, facilities uh, to uh, promote that in their own lives and so forth. So. If you have a keen interest for hearing, hmm, then um, there should be like-minded devotees that find you useful. What, what's the good of me if I'm a speaker if nobody wants to hear? So how could you be useful, however old you are, infirmed or whatnot? If if you oh, I gotta hear that, <laughs> what's he saying? You know, <laughs> something like that. So um, uh, I think that uh, it's it's uh, it may be a failing on the part of an institution and again I don't know I'm not a member of that institution I haven't been for 35 years so I don't know you know what how they would answer the question they might say oh no we have all kinds of facility for people like that you know come in here and live in our hospice or something or I don't know whatever that, that I don't know but just in principle if you're not finding that 
look for other association. It, it, it is out there. Hmm? That's what I would say. That 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 the, it's, it is available, and uh, and and seek, and, and you will find. Does that that help? Yeah. Okay. Good. Thank you for the question. Temporarily. Well, yeah, you have to look now. <laughs> it might not be us, but uh, it might be. <laughs> we have also, incidentally, and I invite you to come visit us, we have a nice project in western North Carolina. It's named Saragrahi. We have like 150 acres there. If you want to build a cabin and live there and participate with us, you know, you're welcome to come and and um, and uh, and take part. And uh, again, all you need to do is. Uh, well, you said it doesn't pay the rent. Krishna consciousness doesn't pay the rent. Well, you know, yeah, you. I don't pay everybody's rent either. But I mean, I'm not here to pay everybody's rent. But uh, but we work together. <laughs> so invite you to come. What else? Archon. So, um, been thinking a lot about the fearless, the confidence of the cowherd boys in um, facing adversity because they're completely confident that Krishna will protect them. So there's no anxiety or fear around that. And something that I pray a lot for is to have that kind of fearlessness and. And I was just realizing this past week with a certain incident that came up in my life and I was responding just with fear and trying to understand it because I totally believe that Krishna is our protector and our provider. And I was like trying to see, well, why am I feeling this anxiety? So it came down to this idea, and I've heard this from other people, but I didn't ever really see it in myself. It's like an unworthiness. I'm not worthy, I'm, I'm not convinced that I'm worthy for Krishna to protect, that he would protect and provide for me, even though he's been doing it for years. Um, so it was an interesting realization to see that, yeah, it's not my lack of faith in Krishna, it's my lack of faith in myself. So can you address that? Well, it is the one sense. The it, it's of course that's a psychological problem of that's of modern society. <laughs> sense of lack of self worth, and it's it's you know it, we we can make a joke about, it, but it's a serious problem that people suffer from, and I feel um, uh, empathetic towards that. I've seen you know a lot of that. Um, the Dalai Lama once said he he once said that he he, he couldn't figure out the self loathing of Americans. Where is it? Where, where are they like that? You know, he just couldn't like figure it out. He didn't have any experience of it. Hmm. So um, it is a it is a modern. Uh, Can I just add that one more thing? Yeah. It's not a it's not a self loathing. It's just feeling like not not like there's that verse and then yes, that you know Krishna protects devotees who are perfect, who are who are always remembering him with love. And so it's it's more thinking. I'm not at that stage yet where Krishna would be that. Yeah. Uh, thank you for clarifying. Yeah. But I mean, you're thinking about your lack of spiritual qualification, um, basically, and thinking 
because I lack spiritual qualification, correspondingly, I will lack the protection of Krishna. However, that said, it is in the early stages of one's practice that um, that one is focused on trying to erect, if you will, the dramatic stage of Sharanagati on which the drama of Krishna Lila is performed. Hmm? So Sharanagati is not a later development. Sharanagati means surrender, and it corresponds, as Bhaktivinoda Thakur has said, with Shraddha, which is kind of an intangible, internal, I have faith, and it shows up in symptoms externally as Sharanagati, which has six divisions, accepting which is favorable for Bhakti, rejecting what's unfavorable, thinking of Krishna as my protector, which is what you're referring to, right? Um, thinking that Krishna is my maintainer and so forth. Um, so, um, despite your lack of being spiritually advanced, you're really talking about an anga or a limb of Sharanagati, which is for less advanced devotees. Even before having attained the stage of Ruchi, we are working to establish this stage of of um, this uh, platform of of Sharanagati. So um, it doesn't apply only to new devotees. And Krishna indeed says in the Bhagavad Gita, begin with this Sharanagati, taking shelter of me alone, accepting, which means accepting me alone as your, the way you speak about the Gita, as your, your maintainer. And how that translates out in a very simple sense, that you don't accept, you stop petitioning in, in the Varnashram mark, because now you're coming to the Bhakti mark, different gods and goddesses for this and that and the other thing. That's basically what he's saying in the Gita. Give up the Varnashram where many gods are worshipped without understanding that they're all dependent upon me and take shelter of Ma may come, me alone. And now you can begin what constitutes bhakti. Manmana bhava madbhakto madhyaji manmanamaskuru. He says that's how you should do what that's what you should do, Arjuna, and this is how you should do it. Beginning with Sharanagati. So Sharanagati is for beginning devotees. Obviously it remains in place for advanced devotees as well, but it's not only for advanced devotees that they should think that Krishna will protect me. So that is to be cultivated in early stages of uh sadhana and and so uh it's most appropriate to think at that time that Krishna will protect me. I'm, a, I'm, I'm doing what he said. I'm trying to be a Sharanagata. I'm trying to take shelter of him. I'm not taking shelter of anyone, any other formula, um, religious or spiritual formula to solve my problems comprehensively. And also in that regard, um, Bhaktivinoda Thakur has written poems about Sharanagati and... Um, and uh, uh, and the limb of Sharanagati in which we accept Krishna as my protector. Hmm? He's written songs about each of the limbs. In 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 one of them, a nice one there. He he says, and and when will you know, in in times of danger or whatever, I well I remember how Krishna uh, swallowed the forest fire, saved us, hmm? and uh, and so forth, and how he 
despite the the uh, the uh, the uh, devouring mouth of Agasura, Krishna protected. So he he, he in, in Chaitanya Shikshamrita he writes about um, this as a it's a kind of early type of lila smarnam hmm, for sadhakas who are not yet advanced enough to be able to effectively engage in in lila smarnam to think of the pastimes of Krishna in which he's dealing with obstacles hmm, and in a mood of a Sharanagata, remembering him and getting strength from him at those times when we have those obstacles and the, the implication is we should expect that he should be reciprocating. Hmm? Right. So if you studied properly and you realize that, that it's just quite the opposite, hmm? that uh, advanced devotees aren't praying for Krishna's protection other than to be protected from the pains of separation from him, hmm? that that's their only real problem. Now you've got other problems, <laughs> as it would appear. So the idea is to develop a sangskar for taking shelter of Krishna and no one else, regardless of what the problems are. And if you have a habit of doing that, and you're, you're, his, you're his devotee, and you're connected with a devotee, a guru, your guru and sadhus who are even more connected with him by then how can he not if 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 someone is your guru who krishna loves and you believe that and then you believe that your guru loves you then you can know krishna's going to love you too that's the way it works right that's the whole that's love psychology if you if i love you and i find out that you really love somebody else then i think that person must be pretty nice let's you know we do something nice for them right so Krishna will naturally think like that. That's the power of being associated with advanced devotees. It, 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 it has fringe benefits, so to speak. Right? If you attach yourself to someone who Krishna is, is dear to Krishna, then you become dear to Krishna. Hmm? You have every reason to believe that you're dear to Krishna and you should expect of him that he will protect you. Hmm? And, and not be shy about that. Krishna, you should be protecting me. It doesn't look like you are. You should be. Does that help? That's true too. That's true. We should we have our idea of how that protection will will look. So we have to have confidence that he's protecting me, even as I'm falling off the cliff. He has something in mind here that's good for me. There's some silver lining in it all, something like that. And you'll see it. Good point. Yes. Um, there's the saying that Sridhar Maharaj used a lot die to live yeah. and um, I, in essence I know that's what you're always speaking about like giving up our false ego or material attachments and then, but then he goes on to say that Lord Chaitanya said to others I'm not sure he was speaking to but um, Lord Chaitanya said if you knew how who you were separated from you would die because it's so, it would be so painful if you realized how wonderful Krishna was, but because we're covered over, we don't see how great, how great Krishna is, so we don't have that pain, total pain. And then he said, and then Bhakti Vinod said, 
I can only live like three or four more days because of the separation. And after that, I'm just going to die. So I was just wondering if you could say a little bit about die to live. Talk a little bit about it. Uh, die to live. Well, um, yeah. Um, I think you're kind of conflating a couple of different issues. I don't think that uh, the statement of Sridhar Maharaj died to live, which he borrowed from the German philosopher Hegel, um, and applied it in, uh, in, 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 in the context of Gaudiya Vaishnavism um, uh, to sadhakas, is uh, applicable in the way he was speaking about it, to the examples of siddhas like Bhakti Vinod in their separation, and him saying, "And I only can only live a few more days," and uh, and and so forth. That's a little bit different. And the die to live is more of the battle within uh, the stage of bhajana kriya, hmm? is what he's speaking about. Bhajana kriya is like do or die. You have to embrace these. This, for example. Anga of Sharanagati, accept what's favorable, reject what's unfavorable. Tell me how hard it is. You know, that's, you know, how big of a crux that is. If you can get that in place, wow, you, you've got, you know, a jet stream behind you. Hmm? Uh, but that's easier said than done. So he also said, die to live, and everybody would like it. He said, it sounds really nice, but it's a bitter pill to swallow. Hmm? Sounds good to the ear, but if you want to take it into your heart, you might have a heart attack. <laughs> um, so, um, yeah, um, so th- that's what his uh, his uh, um, often invoked uh, saying um, was um, um, how he uh, applied it, and it also with regard to higher uh, stages of bhakti and the need to, to pass through the lower stages to arrive at them without the die to live, um, you know, to say, I can't live another day without Krishna is probably, you know, just a bluff. Uh, if you don't, if you haven't already died to your, uh, to the, to the, to the falsity of a life that you're, living false concerns with Nartha means uh, Nartha means uh, false values so we have false values that we've uh, attached ourselves to and hang on to and are pursuing and so forth and we have to uh, die to them and then there's life beyond that there's uh, the life of the self and that of course in uh, in connection with with bhakti is it's uh, is is the full prospect of of the jiva hmm? so uh, yeah it's um it's um, it's for bhajana kriya for this stage to pass through this stage and uh, it's a fire of ordeal kind of stage and that's why if our practice is not experienced as a fire of ordeal and we don't experience it, we're going through a fire of ordeal, then we're probably not going through a fire of ordeal. <laughs> we're probably not coming out on the other end um, you know, too soon. So, uh, 
So, that that help? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's made easier with the association. Obviously, like-minded persons. It's 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 made easier. Yes. Um, I was um, wondering about this question for a while, and I I always ask it because I I feel like I never really get the full grasp. But I'm wondering about. Um, they say when one gives more to Krishna, Krishna will give more to them. Well, I just wonder how this would work for someone who's like not perfected, because it seems like as you move towards Krishna, like all of this like. Um, apparent karma will come your way. How does a sadaka deal with such like intense, you know, reciprocation from the Lord that one can't deal with? <laughs> uh, well, it's like maybe you're saying like I wanted to clean my house, and then I lifted up the rug and I thought, oh my god, <laughs> I don't know where to begin. I'm losing impetus. Yeah, I guess like, like you try to give up karma and then it comes more, you know. Well, it's not exactly um, like that. Um, karma is a big topic, but um, but um, I think that um, as you want to embrace Krishna consciousness, it becomes apparent um, in stages of all that that involves. Hmm and it's bigger than you thought and for example I wanted to embrace Krishna consciousness I heard about it this guy gave me a book on the street it was fantastic I read it and I went to tell all my friends and they all told me like get lost you know and so all of a sudden all this these obstacles arose is kind of the way you're talking about it um, um, and they rained on the party so to speak nobody wanted to go with me and I realized I had to go alone, and that seemed a little more formidable of a task and so forth. And uh, what I can say to you is, yes, it is a formidable task, and 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 um, and, uh, and you have to pray sometimes. God save me from my friends. <laughs> it's possible, um, but again, all this is made um, much easier. In um, in good association, you get strength from like-minded people who've already done what you, and they're thinking, "Oh, those are the only problems you've got." <laughs> Man, we got to share notes here and see. I've been doing this for ten years. Look at all the problems I've got still. I just realized I didn't realize I had this problem. Now I see it, and and uh, and so forth. So in good company, you know, misery loves company. <laughs> so no, it's not like that. But uh, <laughs> but. Uh, it, when we get together and, and we, we have, in bhakti, uh, as opposed to yoga or gyan, you can actually have friends and forever. So that's that's a good thing. Um, in other paths, our progress, uh, other paths of yoga and gyan, which are transcendental paths, we progress by detachment. In bhakti, we progress by attachment, by attaching ourselves to, to devotees and sadhusanga and good company and so forth. And then we get um, so much uh, strength from that to deal with those problems. So I, I think that you know things arise, like I've said, given that example, and you seem to resonate with it as you know the kind of problems you're talking about. But that they, that the strength to deal with those comes from identifying Krishna consciousness and an anga, a limb of bhakti, with sadhu sangha and asat sangha tyag, a Vaishnava So you know, one side is. I realize, well, these guys are gals, so they're not 
conducive to my interest that there we were friends on some level on these things but now I have a different meaning and purpose in my life and they're not helping me so but other people are and by bonding with them and so forth then it's an easy way to deal with that was if we came home and said you know I want to be a yogi and I'm going to live in a cave you guys want to go with me you know Nobody's going to go, and there you have to go and live in a cave. So, but here you can come and take prasadam and, <laughs> and chant and dance and meet other people and uh, share notes of you know the troubles and 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 uh, trials and tribulations and successes along the path. So there's a lot, a lot, a lot of comfort in in sadhu sangha, and I'm just speaking to you in terms in comparative terms because dying to live giving a death to the false ego and so forth is not an easy thing no matter how you want to talk about it whatever path talks about it whatever path is out there that at its center is ego effacing and therefore has power to actually give you transcendental experience hmm? Whatever path that is, whatever extent that's done in any path of yoga or jnana or this or uh, you know, a Western or Eastern esoteric Christianity, Sufism, um, uh, any many of the multitude forms of Hinduism, Jainism, Buddhism, uh, all of the major traditions. If you look at the heart of them, they have mystics who are all focused on or, or have passed through the ego effacing challenge which is what you're immediately confronted with hmm? and so I want to say to you that that is not easy period period and therefore mystics are rare and even people who identify with the example of mystics are rare hmm? um, and so that's your unfortunate fate you know that you've identified with such people and you've got it <laughs> You've got a very formidable task, uh, you know, that, that that ahead of you to 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 live according to your convictions. But comparatively speaking, hmm, in in a tradition of Vaishnavism, and especially a tradition of Gaudiya Vaishnavism, you have this extraordinary benefit of sadhusanga and attachment to other devotees. Um, being a cause of or a means to detachment. Kapila tells his mother Devahuti in Bhagavatam the attachment for ordinary people hmm, when reposed in saints hmm, is the solution to the problem of attachment for ordinary people. So, um, so it's a very user-friendly approach to the matter, right? Um, it's a very positive. The, the Gaudiya Vaishnava focus is really positive. It's the, the die to live aspect is really a minimal part of Gaudiya Vaishnava. It's not really talking at length about the difference between consciousness and matter. We do that at times, and we have to, but it's really about the prospect of an atma unfettered by by matter and and bonded with with influenced by bhakti and its possibilities in this fantastic uh, you know world of of where nothing's impossible hmm? where impossible is not you know a word in the lexicon there 
So uh, uh, still, we have to bring it down sometimes. This is the ground level. You have to cross over this simple hurdle here, and then the, all these possibilities uh, arise. But it's very, very friendly comparatively. It's very positively focused. In other words, how will I possibly give up so many things that I'm attached to? Well, it's very easy. How is that? You take something, someone, hmm, who's more charming, attractive, kind, generous, in relation with whom there's great, much more prospect for being happy, and become attached to that person. The person is Krishna, or as it may play out, Krishna's uh, asadhu who represents Krishna, and by then being at- attached to that person, then the, the things that that are not helpful for cultivating love for Krishna, but that person are they're they're kind of like if I love you, then I find out you don't like something, then I don't I don't want to have anything to do with it. Hmm? If I like it, and I have to give it up, that's hard. But if I like you and I like it, but I like you more than it, then it's easy for me to give that up. So it's very much, uh, you know, a positive approach to something that's very difficult. I don't want to play it down. You know, it's it's not easy to transcend the material ego to, to deconstruct it and and so forth. But if you're going to do it, like Uddhava says, and he was a Krishna's own counselor in 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 Vrindab, in in Dwarka, so you can imagine how knowledgeable he was. He said, "Who in the right mind would take shelter of anybody other than Krishna?" Hmm? seeing the way he deals with his devotees, because Putana was not a devotee, but she dressed like a devotee. Hmm? <laughs> and she came to offer her breast to him, even though she put poison on it. Hmm? And he ignored the latter part and sucked her breast, and then, of course, he he sucked it so hard that her life air came out, and then she got, you know, a form of Vatsalya Bhakti. And Uddhava was saying, that's pretty cool. I mean, that's pretty easy compared to having to live in a, you know, a cave in the Himalayas and, uh, in, 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 and say, heat, cold, happiness, distress, these are all products of the mind. They're not real. Therefore, let me prove it. It's freezing now in the month of Mog. Let me go stand in the Ganges up to my neck on a dark moon night and prove to myself that cold is just a product of the mind. That's part of the path. That's not a very easy, friendly, friendly user-friendly approach to resolving, to, to realizing that. If, on the other hand, we, we develop a little love for Krishna by having love for his devotees and being under the guidance of a capable devotee, then we can, we can more, more readily, more easily sort out, this is favorable for, for bhakti, this is not favorable for bhakti, and do away with the material dualities of heat and cold by embracing a new perspective. What's good is what's good for Krishna. What's bad is what's not favorable for bhakti. So it might be unfavorable physically to get up early in the morning, let's say, um, but if it's favorable for bhakti, then I do it. So I've, I've got created a new standard of goods and bads Hmm? that aren't relative to my mind but are coming from from Shastra and so I transcend the lower 
um, duality that I was living within. And it was so not sending with I mean, it's, it's, a, it's difficult. It's not easy to become Krishna conscious. We shouldn't think that. But, but it's fun along the way. It can be fun along the way. <laughs> this is one of the more fun type of <laughs> days when we talk about it a little more simply, but hope that helps. Yes, okay. Good. Yes, gone around. Yes. Um, and we were talking a little bit following that, and uh, some people might talk about Balaba like he's a little bit different. He's not like the other devotees. Um, he's a kind of a black sheep, so to speak. And, um, and we, as um, ordinary devotees, might hear that kind of thing and might think, "Well, Balaba, he's not. He's not so." Great, and I don't want to be like Balaba. And if I were in his shoes, I, I wouldn't make the same mistake. Um, <laughs> the same about um, Bharat Maharaj. We think that, well, if I were in Baba, I certainly wouldn't become attached to a deer or a calf or a person or whatever. But we, we do that kind of thing. And I was just hoping, I was hoping you could address my, my concern. We, we get mm-hmm. slowed down in our progress and our interest in Krishna and interest in Sadhu Sangha and the process becomes dampened when we think like that. So I was hoping you could maybe talk a little bit about how we think of ourselves and, and we see we see where we really are and we try to avoid criticizing devotees and criticizing other people too because it's not like I'm going to take this room of devotees and say, you know, Arjuna City, she's so this or that. I'm going to say she's a really nice devotee. But in other people like at work, for instance, I, I, I'm with these people, and they say, well, did you hear about so-and-so? He made this mistake. And can't, what, what, what the heck was he thinking? So how do, we, how do we uproot that so that we can not be stifled in our progress? That kind of thing slows us down in our practice. How? Yeah, I'm not sure I entirely understand your question, but let me address the first part about it, of it, um, in that uh, we have examples of Balaba, you excited example of of Bharat Maharaj and as two persons who made mistakes in the literature. Um, and um, um, yeah, um, in those instances, you have to look at the whole, the whole picture. And you also have to look at the fact that persons who are that close to Krishna, like Balaba, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, and so ex- extraordinary in their own right as Balaba was, that there's more to the picture than a particular incident. The particular incident that's being brought out that is instructive to us mm-hmm, is more of a way in which, through a particular devotee, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is teaching us, but it doesn't um, uh, constitute. A, while it would constitute, I want to say, a blemish for us, it does not in the same way constitute a blemish for him who's being used by Krishna to to set that kind of example for us. Bharat's uh, distraction is, how did, how could that happen? It's almost like he was an advanced devotee. How could that happen? The answer is, it really probably couldn't happen. Hmm? And therefore, it happened to Bart by Krishna's own arrangement. It's called Shobhana Karma. So he, Krishna arranged it. And so who is he arranging it for? 
that that a person could teach a devotee by their example. So sometimes Krishna arranges things in the lives of his devotees to teach other devotees through him and, and causes that devotee to act in ways that might be unbecoming or... Uh, uh, so... If you you know you kind of got to look underneath and 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 save yourself as you're asking about from finding faults in those people. I mean, yeah, Balaba and Chaitanya Charitamrita is depicted as as um, being a little proud of his commentary on on the Bhagavatam, and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu didn't entertain his um, his comments um, um, and uh, he criticized him uh, for it. You know, in one sense, Mahaprabhu was putting emphasis, as he did at that time, on the on the commentary of Sridhar Swami, and that's the commentary that he followed. And his 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 uh, his uh, principal theologians, Rup Sanatana and Jiva Goswami, they all follow rather than Balaba's commentary. But Balaba has his own commentary on the Bhagavatam. That while Mahaprabhu didn't entertain it and put focus on Sridhar Swami, it is a bona fide commentary in the Bhagavatam that delineates the Sudadvaita metaphysic rather than the Chintibeta Beta, and out of that tattva of Sudadvaita arises the possibility of, of as we talked last night, Vatsali Rasa. So it's pretty extraordinary, <laughs> right? It's, it's So you can't just look at this one incident and then interpret it as, see this ball of he was an ugly duckling among swans, he's a bad guy, you know. It's just like, rather like, I shouldn't, you know... Um, uh, be proud, for one, and uh, and to um, you know the broader picture. There, there, there's more than one um, um, approach, if you will, to becoming Krishna conscious. More than one philosophy and siddhanta that are, that results in Krishna consciousness. Balabha's siddhanta is different from ours, his metaphysic, but it results in Krishna consciousness. Hmm? In that metaphysic, you can attain Vatsalya Bhav in, a, in another a different type of of, um, of Madhurya Bhav, Madhurya Rasa, than we find in Gaudiya Vaishnavism. Hmm? So um, it's pretty good, but it's not what what is coming through the the channel of of of, of Gaudiya Vaishnavism. Mm-hmm. So now, then you from there, that's one side of it. Then you went on to how can we I guess we were talking about overcoming the tendency to to criticize people in 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 general. I think the best uh, probably way to do that is um, is to um, exercise and exhaust, try to exhaust one's propensity for criticism by way of critiquing oneself. And um, I think that I think that one is really um, errant. To be quick to criticize others when um, even a cursory look at themselves could keep them busy for a long time uh, in criticizing. So uh, I have always lived by that uh, principle. I'm very uh, uh, reluctant to. I, mean, I I I I want to say I I very very, very self-critical, hmm. so I I tend to be a little soft in, in relation to other people and generous with them. 
So we should be hard on ourselves and, and generous with others. But we tend to be generous with ourselves and hard on others. That's just, <laughs> that's just the opposite. Um, so we should we we should try to convert. This. So that's a, so it's, again here is again a f- user friendly thing. You can be critical all day long, <laughs> even in your dreams of yourself. Of course, not to the point of being neurotic and it becoming you know uh, a, a problem psychologically for you. But um, I think that that is uh, a basic kind of formula for addressing the issue that you're concerned with. And it's good to hear that from you, that, that it pains you to hear people criticize others at work and so forth. And, and outside of, there's different types of criticism. Obviously, there's there's criticism in the mode of ignorance, there's criticism in the mode of passion, there's criticism in the mode of goodness, and there's transcendental criticism altogether. So you can look at them and see, in the mode of ignorance, one criticizes just to criticize. Hmm? Finds fault even where there is no fault. Hmm? Um, and then there's the criticism in the mode of passion where criticism is of another is done and through through which I make myself feel better about myself. Hmm? Hmm? Hmm. I criticize him and then I, I get this this bob that I'm better. You see. And, uh, and and so a lot of people they're focused like that. They're constantly criticizing others, and that's the way they make themselves feel better about themselves, which is really avoiding looking at yourself altogether. So that's the rajaguna. And then the sattvaguna criticism is criticism that is constructive, hmm? that is constructive for the benefit of another person. And now to be able to engage in constructive criticism is, is also not necessarily for everybody. Everybody doesn't have the power to engage in constructive criticism. Hmm? That's why we, we may not even you know try to in some instances. But there is a place for that. And then there's the transcendental criticism where the gopis are criticizing Krishna <laughs> for being the way he is. Uh, so, yes. I was thinking even when Grandi Priya would ask the question about the children and parenting and then our God siblings, a lot of times it's a like a mixing up of mundane morality with Krishna consciousness. Therefore, we see something that um, is actually mundane morality, but we think it's something that is part of Krishna consciousness. So we have different... Um, goals for our children and then they they think that what we're teaching them is Krishna consciousness but it's a type of morality and they don't agree with that morality then therefore they think well then this Krishna consciousness isn't for me uh-huh. so we find fault with each other because we're coming at it from a point of like mundane morality and therefore we see a, a fault yeah, that that does play out sometimes. The nature of morality is that the that I think that there that there are moral principles, and then there are moral rules, laws, that arise out of those principles. And the moral laws may change as time goes on. Hmm? Um, if you're living in an agrarian-based society, um, you know to uh, Cut down a tree to build a house is one thing. If you're living in an industrial society, and cutting down trees means deforesting, you know, whole mountainsides and so forth, and it creates an imbalance in the 
ecostructure and it's a problem and then tree cutting can become immoral suddenly than it wasn't uh, previously for for example or in the same same measure or if at all um, this may be not the best example but so the idea is that moral laws change and oftentimes we unfortunately identify with moral laws as moral principles and then we try to bring moral laws from the past that apply to different circumstances and this is another thing that's important circumstances really do change i mean people change people are not what people were hmm? i don't know not too far back at the rate that people change now with the way that industrial society uh, uh, functions hmm? the rate of change in information and whatnot is is quite uh, uh, quicker than it was in decades past and you know even in my life um, so people are different let's take a woman a woman who could never vote and uh you know was treated like um like children what do they used to say about women and children seen and they should be seen and not heard right um you know a woman that's brought up in that environment and so forth is could find a way to be happy in that environment and there's much more to that environment than just that statement in her life so uh that woman is going to be different than a woman in another society who where that society says she should be heard and, and not seen <laughs> or, or both seen and heard or whatever it's, it's different their brains are going to be different hmm? right Everything about them is going to be different. So we're dealing with a different situation all the time in the world. That's why I say there's always new knowledge about the world. Therefore, we shouldn't expect a sadhu from the past to know everything about the world in the future or a different planet. It's like a different planet. We live on a different planet than um, you know, even 100 years ago, practically. Mm-hmm. So it's different. There are different sensibilities, and the different sensibilities are tied to our physiology, our psychology, the environment, everything. So again, uh, Krishna says in the in the Bhagavatam, in the, excuse me, in the Mahabharat, that some people say morality is determined by what Scripture says, and he said, "I don't disagree with that, but it doesn't cover every circumstance. Therefore, reason also has to be applied." Hmm? as well, to determine what's the moral thing to do in any given situation, hmm? which may be different. So, anyway, there are moral principles and then there are moral laws. And so when we conflate the two and we um, have a moral sensibility that someone else who's reasoned out in their time does not uh, agree with, and then we conflate that with Krishna consciousness, as you're saying, then it may be a turn-off to that, uh, that, that person. Not that Krishna consciousness is in any way immoral, but uh, anyway, yeah, I'm just concurring with you. It's a good point. Therefore, the need to be, you know, understand essentially what is, uh, what is Gaudiya Vedanta and uh, apply it in different circumstances. And I mean, you have to be uh, yes, it's very, it's very dynamic. In different circumstances, it will play out in day to day differently. Hmm? 
And if you think it has to play out this way because it played out this way in these circumstances, then it will be a turn off to people. It's not like that. It's 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 like electricity. It could be a small bulb. It could be a big bulb. It could be a floodlight. It could be a headlight. It could be a flashlight. Yes. <laughs> It could be heat. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. Um, the differentiating between the material and the spiritual seems to be a real challenge, especially in the early days when one first converts, because there's so much love we're feeling, you know, and then there's that whole tendency to get a little bit fanatical, and I've been through that big time, and uh, alienating others who aren't seeing what we're seeing. More. You know, you don't feel the love. You should be here. Blah, blah, blah. And vice versa, you know, having being alienated by the friends and family that we thought loved us. And they're like, you don't love us the way these people love me, you know. And then as we mature, we sometimes, it seems like we can hit, you know, the wall and realize, wait a minute. Oh, these people don't love me materially, but I've been feeling all this love. So I'm in confusion because I know they love me, but then they're not doing these things which I think people who love me should be doing. Like, for example, like comfort me, comforting me in the way that, you know, that they should because I'm suffering this emotional turmoil. Mm-hmm. But over here, they're sitting over here, like, not touched by it and really like, well, what's the problem? Aren't you transcendental to all this? You know, and then, and then that feeling of resentment can start to occur, like, well, maybe I'm not part of the family, you know? I mean, and I think I've been hearing that in the kinds of things that, say, Jayadev was saying, like, feeling like basically tossed aside and things like that. And, and, and being able to convey that there that we do have to see the difference between a mundane morality and this. And I'm, I'm just wondering, is there sort of a, a, a simple way to kind of reconcile this for devotees who do kind of go through that feeling of, you know, wow, well, you know, when I'm interacting with someone who's maybe on a higher level than me and they're just not like naturally thinking about my emotions, you know, and then they can actually end up feeling, you know, offending us on some level. We, we feel offended because they're not caring the way we think they should care for us. And then we turn around and make offense back to them because we're thinking, well, you know, I don't want to be around that person because they didn't think about my feelings and, and clearly they betrayed me. You know, is there some, like, verse or some, you know, I'm just looking for some shastra or something that can help to reconcile this for you know, that I can, like, meditate on. Well, I think you understand it pretty well (laughs) because you've explained it uh, in the context of your question that that we may have expectations of what it means to be loved that we should not uh, impose upon um, other devotees. You kind of talked about it like as as advanced devotees. Um, Um... who are, you know, looking at it from a very different uh, perspective, the one that drew us in in the first place and endeared us and, and so on and so forth. Uh, so it does require some some grounding in the, uh, in the philosophy and living in general and viewing in general and interacting in general through the eyes of the, of the, the, the words of the charges and the scriptures and, and, uh, and so forth. And getting clear on on um, the distinction between our present emotional reality and what it 
you know, what an atma is and what spiritual emotions are, um, you know, the difference is, they're similar, but they're like really different. The difference has been compared to the difference between the dark moon night and the f- and full n- uh, noon, you know, I mean, the, the difference between prem and calm, for example. Uh, but they're very, it's very deceptive because they look alike, right? So that's what you're saying, kind of. Um, so I, I don't know of a verse per se, but I think it, it requires to be, to just, to, you know, you obviously have the understanding, you already answered your, your question, in, in, in a sense, that it's a philosophical perspective that you have to have, otherwise you're going to have expectations that are inappropriate and feel disappointed. And so you need to sort that out and stand on the ground of the, the philosophy out of which the Bob is, is going to grow, and um, and then you won't be disappointed. So it's a question of enough enough acquaintance with the teaching that. But in the beginning, you might not have enough, so you may meet, meet have those expectations, and then meet with disappointment and so forth. But it's always good to bring it up. It's always good to bring it up. So if you're disappointed, you have expectations. You thought to talk about it, talk about it with people that you trust or you, you thought you could trust, but now you think, I don't know if I can trust that guy anymore or that gal because she's acting like this, and bring it up, talk about it. Um, I think that was, is probably the best uh, uh, approach, but it is an inevitable, um, um, I think, um, experience that, uh, not inevitable, but a likely experience that one will in, encounter and um, and uh, the best we can do is probably address it, talk about it, put it in perspective, and and the different ways to show love, right? Yeah, and that's to be pointed out. But we love you. <laughs> so, all right. I think we've talked for a while. It's